We bring in Sheikh Yom Kippur with the brach of Sheikh Yanuk. As opposed to other Yom Tavim when there's a Kiddush, and the Sheikh Yanuk becomes part of Kiddush, there's no Kiddush on the night of Yom Kippur. We just have the Sheikh Yanuk. That's how we accept Yom Kippur on ourselves. There's something special about the Sheikh Yanuk of Yom Kippur. Every Yom Tov, we say Shekhiyanu on the new occasion, Pesach, Shavu, Sukkot, whatever it's going to be. Something which comes once a year. But Yom Kippur is different. Of course, there's also the element of Shekhiyanu that we bringing in the Yom Tov, the Chag of Yom Kippur. But there's a second intention as well. The Gemara says that if something would occur to a person, some tragedy, some mishap, when is it determined? And the Gemara says something which happens before Yom Kippur was decided on the previous Yom Kippur. Something which happens after Yom Kippur was decreed on that Yom Kippur. And therefore when we hear again at the commencement of Yom Kippur. So we can now look back and say, Shehech Yonu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you kept us alive. We were Nigzar Lechaim in the din of Yom Kippur last year. And that's something to be grateful for. Not just Shehech Yonu, but Kiyamonu. Hashem was Mekayimas. Hashem gave us this year. Hashem gave us extra this year. This is all nigzah, this is all decided last in Kippur. But there's another element in Kippur as well. As we know, it's a mitzvah to eat in Eri Kippur. Many reasons are given for this mitzvah. The one I want to focus on now is brought down by Rabbi Yen in Shari Trevor. Rabbi Yen writes that the whole year when we shackled to the wrongdoings that we've created with our actions, that we're drowning in the quagmire of Tumah, we eagerly anticipate Yom Kippur. This is a chance to get out. This is a chance to break free. This is a chance to purify ourselves. And therefore comes the long-anticipated day of Yom Kippur, we want to show that we're happy. We want to celebrate. And that's why there's a mitzvah to eat as a sign of the simcha we're meant to feel in Yom Kippur. The question is, this might explain the reason to eat after Yom Kippur. When we've completed the Avaira Sayyam, we have hopefully attained that kapara. And now we are clean. And now we are pure. So after Yom Kippur, and there is basis in halacha to have a serious mitzvah after Yom Kippur, and we understand that. Now is the time to celebrate our renewed tyra, purity. Why are we celebrating in advance before Yom Kippur? When we haven't yet attained that kapara. We haven't yet managed to rid ourselves of that burden of chet. 
And I think the answer is because this is the mindset with which we are meant to approach Yom Kippur. Yes, it's a Yom Adin. It's a day of judgment. That's true. But the primary focus of Yom Kippur is Tyra. The primary focus of Yom Kippur is it's our opportunity to become pure again. And you'll see this in the davening. Most of our Vodas Atfer Yom Kippur is about Kapara. The Din, maybe mentioned in, in the Sanatokhev, maybe a little bit in the Eda. That's all. It's definitely a part of Yom Kippur, but it's not our primary focus. And therefore, when we come to Yom Kippur, it's an extra Shekhiyana. Shekhiyana that we have the opportunity to achieve Kapara. We have the opportunity to come clean. And it makes such a difference. The Rambam says, quoting Chazal, that before a person has done Shiva, he is considered disgusting in Hashem's eyes. He can daven and his tefillah is not answered. He can do mitzvahs and they lift up in front of him. And after a person's done shiva, he's beloved, and he's wanted, and he's davened and he's answered immediately, and he does mitzvahs and they accepted beratzon. And therefore, the opportunity to gain so much more from everything good that we're doing gets enhanced a hundredfold. When we don't have, so to speak, the yoke, the burden of our avarice which are holding us down, which are blocking our tefillahs from reaching Shemaim, which are tainting the mitzvahs we do and make, which makes them undesirable in Hashem's eyes. And now's our opportunity. We have Yom Kippur. How much do we look forward to Yom Kippur? This is the culmination of the Avodah since the beginning of Edel and maybe even before that. So let's explain. What does a person need to do in order to achieve Kapara on Yom Kippur? Really, a person could do Chiva any day of the year. What's unique about Yom Kippur? It's a different kind of Chiva. The chiva of regret for doing wrong is shaykh whenever someone does something wrong. And that chiva should be done immediately. Delaying doing chiva just compounds the problem. Just allows for the possibility that the mistake will be repeated. But there's another chiva also. It's not just the chiva, we spoke before, of what we've done wrong. It's the chiva of not being what we meant to be. And this is a very hard level to understand because how do we know from our perspective what it is that we meant to be? We spoke about this a bit on Shabbos. And that is, we can understand from the talents that Shem has given us. And now we'll see this on a deeper level too. And that is, that a person 
normally lives on the most superficial level of himself. A person's interaction daily with his midas, with his yetzerah, that gives him an idea of who he is. Comes Yom Kippur. And even our arch enemy, the Satan himself, tells Hashem, comes Yom Kippur, the Yidin, the Jewish people are like the angels. They're like Malachim. They're different. In what way are we like Malachim on Yom Kippur? We don't eat and drink like the Malachim don't eat and drink. We don't wear shoes. We don't involve ourselves in the physical side of our body in any way. Our focus is on tefillah. Our focus is on shiva. And a person gets a certain siyat dishmaya, which lifts him up. And makes him, brings him to a stage of identity. Of connection to something inside him which is beyond. It reaches deeper than just his physical outer shell. Most of the year, maybe people don't want to be malachim. Maybe the rest of the year, people aren't holding by that. And I'll prove it. There's a bracha in the Torah, on the Passover, it says, Hashem will bless the food you eat. Why does food need a blessing? Chazal says, brought in Rashi, that a person could be oichel kima, b'amaychel misparech b'meyav. A person just needs to eat one mouthful, and he feels full. Hashem blesses the food that has the property that can satisfy a person with a very small amount. What a bracha. Let's be honest with ourselves, Rabbi Sa'it, Yom Kippur after all. How many of us are looking forward to that bracha being fulfilled. That we don't need to eat more than a mouthful of food and that's time we're done with the meal. I don't think most people are holding by such a bracha. People enjoy eating. Yes, it's a physical activity. It's a physical pleasure. And people wouldn't be so quick to give it up. And, with, and have the bracha being full without enjoying the food. But that's the reality people normally live at. On Yom Kippur we become Malachim. We become like Malachim. And now we lift it to the place where we can see things from the perspective, so to speak, of being similar to a Malach. And from that vantage point, suddenly, what interested us in the regular course of events, no longer seems so important. Suddenly, what appealed to us and maybe even caused us to make mistakes the rest of the year, no longer defines who we consider ourselves to be. Looking at it from the perspective where we are now is Hashem, the way I am now in Yom Kippur, the place that I've reached now, the feeling I have now, it's a different person. I would never consider doing the things that I did the rest of the year. They don't even appeal to me. 
For the person, the Elena who talks in Shul, maybe other times of the year, during the final Hashem where it comes at the end of Ne'ilah, if the man next to him would let him say, let's go, let's go shmooze outside, would he do it? Right now, Ne'ilah, I'm focused. I couldn't imagine wasting this opportunity to go and talk to Baron Batalian. That's just emotional. Yom Kippur brings a person to a level inside of himself where he is similar to a Malach. And that connection makes a person review his life. Thank HaKadosh Baruch From being a Yom Kippur Yid, there's so much that he wouldn't have done. Or he would have done different. But that's a connection to something called Tyra. That's what purifies the person. Because it brings him to a set inside of himself. A deeper point of connection where he no longer feels that the wrong that he's done is intrinsic to him. He no longer feels that his Yetzirah or his bad midas are a part of him which he can't break free from. Yom Kippur teaches us that we can. We can. We can experience what it's like to be in a situation where we don't have those temptations. More than that. Where we don't want to have those temptations. And it opens a person's eyes to the fact that he's a person greater and deeper and better than he thought he was. That's Tyra. That's the beginnings. The first faint stirrings which will bring a person to Chiva about who he is. And make him begin to realize that that's not really who he is. So Yom Kippur gives us an opportunity where we aren't tempted by the Taivas, by the Yitzarim, by the animal instincts maybe, which do waylay people the rest of the year. What then is the... Where then is there still a Yitzhar on Yom Kippur? And this is a scary point. Let's look at the Gemara together. The Gemara is in Hedmer, the Tariyad from the base. And the Gemara tells us of an argument between the great Rabbi Yudha and the Roman Emperor Antoninus. And the argument revolves around at what stage does the Sahara enter the human being. Rabbi says, Mishas Yitzira. From the moment of conception, Antoninus argues. Antoninus said it's Mishasitia from the moment of birth. And Antoninus wants to prove his point. And he says if, if the human fetus before birth would have had a Yetzahara, he would kick against his mother and force his way out. And Rebbe accepts that. Rebbe recants. Rebbe says, Dovazel in Dani Antoninus. 
This is something I learned from Antoninus. That the Yetzirah cannot be part of a person from the time of conception. Otherwise he would kick his mother and force his way out. And therefore Rebbe agrees, the Yetzirah only enters a person from the moment he's born. Avram Grzynski on a the last Meshkiyach of Europe was killed during the Holocaust. Asked a tremendously powerful question as Gemara. We know that the baby before birth is in an ideal situation. He lacks for nothing. He's taken care of miraculously inside his mother. Spiritually as well, the Gemara tells us there's a Malach teaching him the whole Torah. There's a candle lit above his head and he can be You can see the whole way around the world. When Eov looks back at his life, he says, If only I could go back to that, those original months before birth. And the Gemara says there's no better time in the human's existence in the months he spends in the womb. And being as that's the case, ask Sir Brzezinski, what possibly could the Yetzirah tell the newborn baby, tempt him with, to try and get him to force himself out? What's going to appeal to him? What type are you going to dangle in front of him? What doesn't he already have? And what's more than that? What's more than that? What's going to happen to the baby if he forces his way out? If it's premature and he's not yet ready for birth, he's going to kill himself. He's not going to survive. So what possible Yetzirah could there be? What possible Yetzirah could there be? that would force an unborn child to want to self-destruct. And says Rav Grzynski in an unbelievable answer. He says, there's one Yetzir, there's one tendency within the human being that the Yetzirah can appeal to and will apply even to the unborn baby. And this tendency, which is latent in the human being, is so strong that he would even commit suicide under the influence of this Yetzirah. Says Rav Grudzinski, this is the Yetzirah that a person has that he wants to be independent. He doesn't want to be reliant on another thing. And with all the good that the baby has, and the perfect situation that the baby is in, and having everything provided is not enough because the baby is totally is dependent on his mother. He's not living on his own. He's reliant on his mother for food, for oxygen, for life. And the Yetzirah, if it would be there at that stage, would tell the person, liberty or death. You don't want to be totally on another person. You want to be on your own. Force your way out. 
detach from your mother. So that you'll be independent. And it's suicidal because the baby's not ready to live on his own. But that Yetzirah is strong enough that if that Yetzirah would, would come to a person before birth, it would cause him to abort himself. It would cause him to kill himself. That's a scary thought. But that same lesson applies to us as well. If a person utilizes Yom Kippur and he takes that step up and he gets raised to the point where he feels like the Malach, he feels disconnected from his physical needs. He feels no longer one with his physical midas, with his Yetzirah. And to be closer to Hashem feels so right and feels so good. And that's what a person is meant to be. So what Yetzirah can still ruin your Kippur? And it's the same Yetzirah. The Yetzirah of independence. Of I want to be on my own. I don't want to be Mishabit. I don't want to be connected to something else. And the point of Yom Kippur is for a person to get to that level where he feels connected to Hashem. Where he feels more totally than Hashem. And if a person is yet Tahara, I don't want to be connected to anything. I want to be independent. And that yet Tahara can destroy so to speak, what's possible to gain from Yom as well. Rabbi Kippur teaches us in the Mishnah that this is the Yusayr of Yom Kippur. Am Rabbi Akiva, the final Mishnah of Yusayr Chos Yom Ashreichem Yisrael Lifnei miyatem v'tayrim v'mi m'tayr eschem avichem shabashamayim You come in Yom Kippur, in front of her you purifying yourselves. But really, who's the one who's giving you Tyra? Which one is giving you purity? Avicham Shabashamayim. Ve'oimer mikveh Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is the mikveh of Kal Yisrael. There's a rule in mikvahs. It's called hashaka. If I have two bodies of water, one is a kosher mikveh, and one is a fold up from a tap. So the kosher mikveh one can use to make things tar. Tap water you can't. But if there would be a point of contact between these two, what we call hashaka, then everything becomes a mikvah water. And a person could go into the second pool and become tar as well. And that's tyra. Mikvah Yisrael Hashem. Attachment to Hashem. Connection. Which brings us to the feeling that this is the real me. This is the person I'm really am. It's just that most of the year I'm not able to experience this. That feeling brings Tyra. Because the real me, the way I feel myself in Yom Kippur, is so far from the things I've done during the year. It doesn't identify me. It doesn't define me. 
that doesn't condemn me. But if a person is not willing to be connected, a person wants to be independent, he doesn't want tashak, he doesn't want the connection, he wants to be on his own. So then that, just like that's the Yetzirah, which can take away the Ganadin that the baby is in and cause it to self-destruct. That's that same Yetzirah, which can take away the golden opportunity of Yom Kippur and cause the person to self-destruct. And that's why the Torah calls Yom Kippur Tyra. The Tyra is Chad. If Neashim Titoru. Purity comes from a place where Tumen never reached. Yom Kippur brings us to a place deeper than our, the reality of ourselves which feels an attraction for doing our various. And if a person utilizes Yom Kippur and he feels this connection, then it's something we don't want to lose. We just wish we had the stamina to keep up Yom Kippur for longer and not just for one day. And Yom Kippur ends with a sense of sadness. You're going to come hurtling back down again to the level which we weren't before, and you can't retain our status as a malach. But it also leaves us, this brings us back to where we began, it also leaves us with a lingering, so to speak, anticipation. We're looking forward to next Yom Kippur, to the next opportunity to feel that closeness, to the next opportunity to feel that elevation that next opportunity to confront our real selves unfettered and untarnished by the various that we've done. And that's how we began. Now that we're here again, beginning a new Yom Kippur, it was a special Shekhiyon. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was a Kaiseras, decree that we should have life and achieve another Yom Kippur. And that Yom Kippur gives us affords us the new opportunity to get back to that place again. We celebrate that Yom Kippur is here. We celebrate it by doing the best we can to experience the Tyra that Yom Kippur provides. Wishing everyone a Gemara Chasem